Oh, I've forgotten how we start this off. Well. It's been so long. <laughs> well, I think that's the point, isn't it? It's been a while. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Real Clinicians Real Chats. My name's Alex Murray. I'm a podiatrist and rehabilitation coach based in Canberra, Australia. And I'm Kit Wisdom. I'm a physiotherapist currently studying uh, somatic psychotherapy, and I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. So it's been a while. (laughs) It has. We were just saying just before we started September. Yeah. But I think my inability to get the recording working probably says more than anything. <laughs> I think we're just um, getting used to our new environments. I'm in a different cupboard. Uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same room. I've never never been in a cupboard, thankfully. <laughs> but I'm in a very different place overall. Mm, well, that's mm. a nice little place to... little juicy bit to pop there, Alex. Yeah. I went on a honeymoon. Got married ages ago. Went on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, started my own business, got a puppy. Big life changes. Yes. The business mm. and the puppy were almost simultaneous. Uh, mm. So, yeah. And just clarifying, your business is not having puppies. No, it, no, no, it is. It, <laughs> oh, God, that would be. No, no, no. So I've started my own, my own clinic. I've got a space. I've got a place to, to work and do everything I want to do. Complete control. Yay. Yeah. Boop, boop. <laughs> feels nice, but, yeah, stressful at times. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all you. It is. It's all new and exciting, and it's all on your shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Mm. What's been happening with you in this, in this almost six months? I know. Well, <clears throat> I think what's been happening, well, I think it'd be nice to mention that we physically met after Christmas. Mm. Which was really cool. So Alex came down to Melbourne, and he really is quite tall. <laughs> I can confirm that. Um, what else? We both wore headphones. That was quite good. Um, and yeah, we hung out and had a really lovely, I think, reflection session with a whiteboard, which is kind mm. of like one of my favourite pastimes. So it was lovely for Alex to join me in that space and. Maybe we'll share a little bit about that, but I think, I think what's come up for me a little bit more, because I'm doing more of my Hakomi somatic psychotherapy training, and I think that's really informing a bit more about how I how I work and what's important to me, and um, yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well. But um, yeah, I think there's just been a really nice slowing down that's happened for me since September, which is a little bit different to your kind of speeding up. Mm, well, that's but, it. I, ha- I have been speeding up towards. Yeah. Well, to so, be fair, actually, it was, it was just like nothing, 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 and then everything all at once. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. But, but I think yeah. that's, that's, a nice po- that's a nice place to start because I guess one of the things that we've been sort of holding back on and not chatting you know, on the microphone, we've obviously been chatting a lot, but not actually doing a podcast partially is, is my, me and, and the business, but a chunk of it was figuring out exactly what we want to do and what we want to achieve. Mm. And that sort of reflection session was kind of the start of, are we doing, achieving chatting and talking and bringing light to things or were we almost trying to essentially mimic what everyone else is doing, providing Mm. like a really informed podcast. We had notes, we had all sorts of things. Yep. And it sort of wasn't exactly what we, not bad, but not what we intended. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point is that it wasn't inherently um, awful. Like I've spoken to multiple people who feel supported by the podcasts, really enjoyed them, like, you know, got stuff out of them. But I think when we both reflected around how we were going, there was like this piece that was missing to me. This is my experience of it. And 
you know, I think what what came out of that initial reflection on the whiteboard was perhaps we were still doing things in a way that was meeting an expectation mm. that might be quite implied, but perhaps the session brought out, kind of made it more explicit around, um, are we doing something for an outcome? Are we doing something for a perceived outcome? You know, um, is the way that we're trying to support people throughout conversations uh, organic or is it kind of based on a bit of a, a direction, a plan, um, an end point? So I think that's what came out of it for me was perhaps we were still kind of sticking to, um, yeah, like a, an agenda outcome, I suppose, which is ironic given that what we talked about in our first few <laughs> podcasts. Trying to, it's almost like trying to bottle something. Mm, like we're just trying to one. we're trying to like create some form of a controlled out like controlling the outcome really like I'm thinking baking right or like you know you're trying to produce like a food product you know you, we we were trying to be more off the more off the cuff have these great conversations and that's great but we were also trying to produce a product that was going to be exactly what was on the label or exactly what was a predetermined outcome where we're going to get a cookie that's of this sweetness, of this of this consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, we were then having to go and control that and we sort of missed, you missed the opportunity. And if we think about, you know, if everyone else is doing that, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's kind of not what we wanted to explore because it, it's, it, it stifles some of the things that we want to bring up and some of the conversations that we have off air. Yeah. And I think when you said the the baking and the cookie metaphor, I love that because what came up for me was we were trying to make it palatable, mm. I think, for people. Whereas, and a lot of this might have been driven by me and my fear to say unpalatable things. <laughs> <laughs> or but just to want to want to bring up and talk about in a, in a healthcare sphere some of the things that are less talked about or less researched or, you know... Um, maybe considered out of scope to use that term so i like that metaphor around the cookie and the baking that makes sense to my brain i guess it's also the case of like i think we were sort of talking and we went really scripted or tried not scripted but tried to like script an unscripted show (laughs) (laughs) Um, well you know it's like reality tv where it's just called no no probably a better example is wrestling right where it's like we're now a reality TV wrestling program. Well, but, well no, 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 wrestling, not reality TV. But you're trying to, like, uh, it, there's a level of choreographing. But there's a mm. level of then, like, off the cuff. And, you, you know, there is an audience for wrestling, but it, but it is a feel. You know what that feel is when you're looking at mm. it. And it's like you're trying to get to a pre predetermined outcome. Mm. You've got a lot of things happening that are yeah, somewhat scripted and then it kind of does get jammed in. Totally. And like, as we talk, we can always bring this back to in our room with clients. You know, we're trying to be a bit more off the cuff. We're trying to be a bit more explorative. We're trying to hold pain as an experience. But essentially, we're still hoping to get to some sort of a predetermined outcome. It's it's interesting because, yeah, that's... That's kind of the thing that we we realized where we're like, hold on a second, aren't mm. we falling into the same trap? And I guess it's it's kind of nice in the sense that to sort of show people and be like, well, actually, there is a lot of like, and this is not to say mystic forces, but there is a lot of forces at play. And when I say that, it's it's just expectations, conditioning, biases, all these sorts of things in the mm. background that say to us, hey, we need to be doing it like this, or we need mm-hmm. to be doing it this way, mm-hmm. that ironically influenced even though we tried to to go against that and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because when you think in the clinic room that's exactly what's happening where there's lots of times we'll go in and we try and we go oh no no we're going to take this we're going to go loosey-goosey you know no expectations and then we come Mm. in but there is expectations behind it even if they're not recognized Mm. you want to be so useful you want to have a controlled outcome and it does work for some people. There's actually a lot of people that I see that will come in. They're like, I am here for an orthotic. 
because I've mm-hmm. been referred by this surgeon, work cover, I've, or I've got a very, I've already got the diagnosis. And you can sort of, you're off the cuff, but you're following, you know, you follow a script because it's like, well, you know, we've already got a, an expectation that I can meet. Hmm. But when you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with injury, you're dealing with lots of things. It's Humans yeah. and their emotions hmm. and their thoughts and their experiences, you know, subjectivity. That's hard to put in a bottle, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. But- but it's also interesting because it's just to, to kind of show people that it does happen. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, and we had we had such strong intentions around um, wanting to be free-flowing. And I fully appreciate a, a lot of the shape we created was to settle my, my fear and anxiety around speaking. So, like, it was meeting a need. Um, but I think where I've got to is that it actually feels more stifling to try and create a shape and go, hey, can you stick to this shape? Then I just sit in doubt the whole time, thinking what I've said is not in the shape or it's not part of what we want. So I think that that creeps in. Um, and for me, that takes me out of my explorative, creative you know, brain and takes me out of being fully present here because I'm worried about what I'm saying. Do you think that's kind of an analogous to what some people might be experiencing trying to stick to frameworks that they've been taught? Yeah, my my opinion is yes. Um. <laughs> Sorry, open-ended question. Um, um, not, not yes. <laughs> yes, correct, move on. Next question. Um, I do. Look, I, and I look, that's my, it's very much my experience. So I'm, I suppose I'm aware that, um, I want to make sure that that's not everyone's experience, but um, I think with a lot of the work that I do supporting clinicians and, and um, you know, even supporting patients in the framework that they think they need to work in, mm. when we actually name the framework and have an opportunity to go, how does it feel to exist in this place or what is it like for you? Um, I think that then offers a whole lot more um, juicy stuff to to kind of contemplate and, and consider. Um, so again, it's not framework, no framework, yes. It's kind of what's your experience of the framework. And like I was just saying then, my experience of our framework, whilst it felt supportive initially, I think in the end felt somewhat restrictive. I like what you mentioned where it's it's not just our framework that we're using to to work with patients it's also and i've I've said this for a long time it's patients coming in with Mm. ideas of how to be a patient how to be a good patient Mm -hmm. and it's interesting um because i saw uh someone yesterday and actually just as a side point this is a amazing new system that i've set up in my clinic where i'm notifying every single person that i that, that i that i do teaching and I ask oh. if, if I can use anonymized case, their case information. Oh. So part of my input is where people can tick yes or no. So I just checked and I'm like, I've got a lot of patients I can talk about now. Completely. Oh, anonymized. that's so cool. I need, to, a, I need yeah. to nab that. Yeah. Because it's great now because, you know, we just give them, I give them the full disclaimer and I say, yeah. this has happened. It's completely anonymized. But yeah, I, I the, the patient that I wanted to, to bring up, um, mm. So this is the note. Every every case I talk about, consent has been gained. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Written. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always felt dodgy just writing it down, being patient said yes in my notes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I had a patient come in and they're in the medical profession. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of these expectations. And so like a whole bunch of the what I was trying to do in in the consult is frame how like their their experience a little bit differently because they're like oh it's bad that i haven't gotten this checked and it's been so many years you know and i should have done this and i should have done that and i'm like so you're in a pretty insane profession mm. <laughs> working in an insane specialty mm-hmm. um that yeah, more than most also does not prioritize their own health and at the end of the day it was i wouldn't say mild but it was something that was not producing a huge impact on their life 
day to day, except for when they wanted to start doing more um, faster activity. Right. So they could hike, they could go to the gym, they could do everything. And then it just came to running and it was like, oh, that's when things, that's when issues started to pop up. And then mm. at the end of the day, you know, then life comes along mm. and they go, well, I wasn't going to con- probably continue running anyway because <laughs> <laughs> I work in an insane specialty and life sometimes gets so ridden. Well, and even from that space, what happens in my my head when you talk about that is that how the fast pace of life anyway, like the hiking and the slowness to me feels like a, like a down regulator, mm. you know, to even have to not compensate, but like settle and nourish and, and, and kind of um, like we're talking about with us, how you've been speeding enough, I've been slowing down. Like it sounds like to me as well that that feels more uh, nourishing, but like a balancing sort of mm. way of being anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, that that was it. That that was their their more important activity, mm. and it was funny because the running came up as a as something of oh everyone's running and they said I should probably go back to running and then I also should maybe I should do some more running because I haven't run in a very long time and it was kind of like mm. they're getting treatment. We're not just convincing them not to like a different way of reaching not to run because her her <laughs> um, big issue was there was you know she'd been told by someone else that it's like don't run that's the solution. They're like yeah uh, right. That was years ago. <laughs> so more like an approach of like, what do you enjoy or what, what do you like as opposed to should or shouldn't? Mm. But there's also, there's also, and, and I think this thing of there was, well, running is, you know, a valued activity when they have time, mm. but there was very much a case. There was a lot, there was a lot coming up of like, oh, this is bad or I should have done this or I should have, should have done that with looking after their own health. And it was mm. interesting because that was, so, when you think about that, someone who is also treating other people and they're going, but this is the advice I'm giving to other people. And it's like, mm. well, actually, it's really hard to follow myself. And it's, it's again, you know, you look at it and you go, well, hold on a second. You know, is what, is what this system is teaching and encouraging this level of high level of not only personal responsibility, but morality and mm. shaming people when they don't do things. When you really de- de- delve down, it's like, well, what was going to be different? You know, was, yeah, and I think, again, what comes up with me is that that theme around knowing, you know, so like they're in the profession, they treat people, it sounds like they're going, I should know, I should know better, or I should, there's something around knowing that feels like a bit of a an activator or sort of like a something that might be a few layers deeper. Um, because as we know, like in healthcare, one of our big themes to deal with is uncertainty and not knowing. And, you know, we talk about that, how it contributes to um, patients, but what about ourselves as well? So, like, what's coming up for me when I listen to you is around how this person is struggling to know for themselves. Explain it a bit more. So, like, um, like, I should do this, I shouldn't do that. Like, the to me, there seems like they're jumping around with, like, I have this intellectual knowledge and I've been told, but I'm not doing that. Um, so it feels like there's a bit of confusion around knowing how they should actually manage themselves, mm. if that makes sense. And so to me, what I hear is that beneath those layers, there's that maybe that um, un- lack, that uncertainty that we struggle with as clinicians, maybe that's coming through in a personal way. Mm. That's just I what mean, I hear. The thing that I, that I sort of heard a lot was, was guilt. Well, yeah. Well, what comes with not knowing? (laughs) Well, but there's also just the case that that there should be knowing. I mean, when we talked about the outcomes and we sort of said, well, like, well, you know, up till now, has it been really a big problem? No. You Mm. know, I've been doing all the activities. I've been doing everything I need to. I've been looking, you know, otherwise, you know, looking after their health. Mm. It just sort of came up to a point of where it was like, actually... I should see, I should see someone and I should know more about this and make a more informed decision. But up to that point, there was no. Interesting. Yeah, there was no, there was not, not a big enough impact. And it's kind of interesting because then you sort of go, are we, is the whole system teaching that we should be doing things, should be doing things and should be doing it a certain way because it feels comfortable and easy to be able to be like, will we follow this process? 
Well, but, I'm curious around the word should. Mm. But the conflict there, because it's like, well, what we're seeing internally or like, you know, with the own personal experience is that, is that when we're not following that process, is it, is there really a huge negative outcome or is there actually barriers to following mm. that process that comes up or is there, you know, different priorities? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've talked a bit about this before, but it makes me think about a binary view, like mm. in or out, should or shouldn't, do or don't. Like it, it feels really restrictive and it feels like we kind of lose no matter what. So do, do we recognize the binary and kind of name that and step out and find a third way, which is mm. not either or? Well, it's um, interesting because my, my initial sort of approach or that gut feel is to be like binary. No, like, you know, yours, you're <laughs> telling me a binary and then it's like responding with a binary <laughs> Yeah, of like, you're, you're, you know, you've brought up a binary. My binary says no binaries. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, it but is. it's not no binary. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So there's, there's almost like that level. It's, 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 um, it's uncertainty. We know everything's uncertain. So everything, everything must be uncertain. And it's like, well, you're, you're being mm. certain in your uncertainty. And it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny to recognize because that is, that is sort of our response. And mm. as we move into a space of trying to embrace uncertainty, trying to move out of binaries, it's we're kind of almost, yeah, we've got to be aware that we work a binary in the other way. And then we're surprised when people disagree because mm. we're just doing the other side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what does a third way look like or what does it feel like? I think also we don't have, potentially don't have many opportunities to explore that. Um, and again, you know, when we talk about uncertainty, um, you know, I'm interested in what that kind of what's that like as an embodied experience um not perhaps only like a cognitive mm. intellectual experience um but yeah i'm i'm going to make an assumption here and um assume that your experience with this person was a bit of a third way it's kind of funny because then when you're also because what I was thinking about is that there's also a lot of unlisted expectations there mm. because there's also the, the case of, well, we're going to have a diagnosis. We're going to have a process and in, you know, we are, we are going to get actually a scan and in the end there are, there are some concerns yep. that there is something a bit more potentially serious underlying, mm. but at the same time, you know, the treatment for it was not clear cut because there wasn't a really clear cut injury, a clear cut process. And often a lot of it had to do around boom and bust. Yeah. Around yep. the fact that, that, you know, there was injury and pain and it was just doing lots more in an expectation of the body and then just getting it done. Mm -hmm. It was a case of actually, you know, we do need to slow down and not just achieve. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so much of that gets wrapped up when we think about the the process of, of getting into a medical field mm -hmm. that you, you know, you just, you work hard, you work to the bone, you keep pushing. Well, yeah. And what does slow down mean to a medical professional? Like mm. it might be scary. It might be overwhelmed. Well, the other thing is, I think we've got to be careful not to just heap it on, on one profession because, you know, we mm. see strung up you know, corporate, I mean, this is, this, this is corporate 101, you know, probably a big mm. chunk of, of, of the population in, in major metropolitan areas are, you know, stressed out corporate workers mm. and it's the exact same, exact same binary or the exact same sort of approach where it's like, no, we just kind of keep going. You just keep pushing, just mm. keep doing more. Yeah. And there's a level of moreness as well that comes in, in sort of people where it's like, okay, well, we will do more, we'll get more, we'll get more outcomes and we'll have, you know, ultimately more money or more promotions and more things than we buy the things that fill the holes caused by that. And it's sort of like a, a self-serving solution because it's like, well, great, I'll just solve by getting more. I had more to solve my problems with that come from getting more. Mm. 
how did they go with slowing down or the concept of slowing down? Well, that's interesting because uh, in the end, we didn't get to, we sort of acknowledged mm. that the boom and bust, but we hadn't had reached a point where there was a level of certainty that that felt comfortable for them to explore and say, well, hold on a second, you know, what is, what is slowing, what is slowing down? What does this what mean? What does it look like? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it was also that case of, well, they came in wanting to know more and there is more to know. Mm. And so that I didn't want to gatekeep saying, well, we're actually, we're not going to do this because it's very clearly this piece. It's like, no, they came in and they said, well, I want to know more. And one mm. of the things they brought up, I said, you know, is there any radiology? And they were like, oh, no. And they're like, hmm. But if I had a patient and they came to me with this, I would have done this already, you know, and it's sort of that. Mm. So they came in wanting to know more. Mm. And did your more knowing kind of go more expansive rather than, do you know what I mean? Like did your sense of helping them understand if that's knowing more look a bit different than maybe how we might conceptualise knowing more in another way? Does it? I think I know Do what you, you get mean. Where I'm going. Like yeah. we can, we well, there's two ways of. You think of like a reductionist thinking process, where we try and break something down and find out more about the pieces and then put it back together. Mm. What's their ankle joint lunge? What's their, um, you know, what's their range of motion available? What's the uh, different joints uh, around the ankle? Um, it was an ankle problem. What's um, you know, what's their gait? What's their walking like? Is there a abductory twist? Like mm. there's lots of more mm. little pieces that you can have. And it's not saying I ignored all those pieces. I did all of that. <laughs> right. But it's then, I guess, the way to think, why I think about it is whether we can have an expansive view mm -hmm. and we get all those pieces of information and we look at how they might interact with the wider person yep. the body fit with the story and create some sort of knowledge and, and one of the sort of conclusions was well actually there's potentially something there that mm -hmm. we that that's pathological that we might need to deal with very specifically mm -hmm. but really there was more of this wider sort of point of well actually it's it's a a, a joint that you might be pushing too hard mm -hmm. at a certain time that boom that bust the, you know, starting something new and then starting up, not building towards it. Mm -hmm. And there is a sort of a point as well of sort of wanting to, you know, it's not bad enough and we just ignore it and then we're going to wait for it to become big enough to deal with. Yeah. And is that, and again, something we didn't explore is, is that, that, that sort of healthy process. But at the same time, if there's so much going on in their life, is it wise to then say to someone, well, actually you need to change your, also your whole life. Like, around to deal with these issues it's not always the way but that's sort of i was you know expansive i was sort of looking at that and then looking outwards and seeing how everything connects rather than sort of going mm. oh you know there is a restriction there's this there's that and then it's this pathology and then sort of drilling down and then how do we treat this uh, this specific pathology and then ignoring all mm. of the other stuff because from previous experience that's sort of what happened Oh, yep. you know, you have this condition and therefore you shouldn't, you shouldn't run. You have this thing and then we drill down further and you should be doing X, Y, and Z. So how did they go, how did it land with them? The kind of the, a bit of a mix of, you know, zooming in and then zooming out to kind of provide a bit more of a conceptual or a reconceptualization of what was going on for them. See, that's it. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's, and I think that's something where like, I find that I don't always know until the next session. Because mm. the way it's that I'm, sorry, you, you go. go. No, no. <laughs> well, it's hard because I'm still on operating and I'm, I'm operating in a space where I'm still an injury based clinic. Yeah. Someone, someone's coming in and there's, there's things that we tick off, which is, well, okay, we're going to, we, we're not, go, I'm not going to say we can't figure out more. So I think the thing is that bringing it up, it was recognized yeah. and we started an exercise prescription around slowing down and around mm -hmm. doing exercises that were exploring comfortable ranges of motion, not pushing into painful ones. Nice. And we've started an exercise, we've started a, you know, a radiology referral, we've started some taping things. 
just to see how how we go. And it'll be interesting to see what I'll find will be an interesting reflection is when we come back. Mm. There's some points that definitely resonated. Oh yeah, the recognition. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those points land and whether that's something that 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 translates into uh, a shift in their thinking. Yeah, and I think um, if I can offer in, I think that was one of my growth moments was when I would, you know, nervously, I suppose, in a way, do this a bit more expansive zoom out stuff with enough uh, zoom in stuff to not be too controversial. Um, But then I think I would make a point of going, hey, I'm aware that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a bit of stuff and I just wanted to check in with how it was landing with you. Mm. Um, and I think that became a way for me to slow down amongst my reconceptualizing. Um, and also I think we've talked about in previous episodes around, you know, building trust and honesty and, and, and opportunities for them to feed back. Um, because even for them to kind of go, like, I might be tracking what their, what their body's doing or their face and goes, this is a, this is a lot, isn't it? Mm. You know, or me just to be able to go, Hey, this is a bit confusing or you didn't think you were coming in for this today. Hey, you know, and just, I think contacting their experience or giving them an opportunity to kind of weigh in and go, yeah, I haven't. And, you know, it leads some, not every time I'm not saying it's like, um, hundred percent on the money, but leading to those moments where they can go, you know what? I've never thought about it this way. Mm-hmm. Like that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful self-reflection if they can, if they get to that point or not even if, but, um, or, you know, this is really new, but there's something in it that feels really good. Um, so I think for me, that became a really pivotal point to kind of stop and prop for a little moment and just kind of go, how's, how are we going here? Um, it's interesting because yeah, you can absolutely get, I mean, this is, <laughs> goes back to all that feedback of people. Oh, I just went in and they just explained pain to me. Yeah. And it's like, well, it doesn't relate to what they came in for. It doesn't relate to what they're interested in doing yeah. more. There's not what they expected. Is how do you manage that then with someone? Like, I guess, in managing a situation where someone comes in with expectations and you start yeah. bringing this up and then they just go, no, nah, I'm not interested. Well, and again, in my little um, area that I'm in, I suppose what I've done is become more transparent at the beginning about how I work. Um, I think I've mentioned I have, you know, free 30 minute chats with people if they want so that we can actually have a discussion about what my approach is and what's Mm. going on for them and whether the way we work together will meet their needs or will be sustainable and and healthy and, and all those things. So I find I've gotten better as well at being a bit more, um, direct, and um, kind of speaking to how I work. And it doesn't mean that I'm, I kind of talk about how I've got lots of tools that I can use. So I had someone today who said, hey, when I, I might need to use some input soon. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm not like, oh, no, I don't do that. I'm just like, okay, like a, a sense of, I've got lots of different things we can use in my approach, but like what might, what might be coming forward for you right now, you know? Mm. Um, and so I think, what I've done is is learned from past experiences where it didn't feel good or I probably did talk at them or I saw their overwhelm at the end and went, oh, that was a lot. And they were like, that was a lot. Like, and then I might have gone, that was really good, but it was a lot mm. and it wasn't what I was expecting. And then we can have a conversation around and I'll learn from that stuff. Um, so I think pertinent point is stuffing up, really. And um, and checking in with the other, though, around how it went, you know. Um, so if we're, like, linking back to what we were sort of talking about before, I'm thinking with people where it's like there's that expectation, there's frameworks and they're sort of going in, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to reach a predetermined outcome. It's almost like there is no... There is no sort of perfect way or path or, or, or goal. What you're sort of talking about is we're just, we just went scaffolding. Mm-hmm. So rather than thinking about it as a way of like a, a, 
a plan that needs to go and you need to be ticking all these boxes as you go or it needs to be um, on this narrow path. You're mm -hmm. almost sort of just taking the path and just putting barriers up on the side of it. You can always still accidentally go over the barrier. You're putting up these barriers that, and or scaffolding in a way to then say, well, I can see that we're ve we might be veering off. We're getting mm. we've got this barrier here to sort of hit or protect, and that's what you're doing is sort of bringing that to light and saying, well, hold on a second, are we hitting the barrier and are we about to go over it? Mm. Is that is that sort of how how you know you'd think about it for for especially I think in people in um, uh, more traditional quote unquote yeah. clinics, yeah, and I think as much of that pre information. Totally. And I think we've got to be aware of my context. I work for myself in my own room, decorated how I want it on my own time. Like it's, it's really, nice it's, it's got a really nice, I've got a lot of autonomy and, you know, I don't go back to back. I have space between people. Like I've set up how I work to not even optimize because that comes from a utility thinking, but just to nourish me. Right. So we need to name that. Um, I've never thought about it from a barrier's point of view, but how I would conceptualize that in my brain is, yeah, I'm tracking and observing and noticing discomfort and then checking in around that mm. and not just bypassing it and going, oh, shit, hopefully it's okay. So, again, it comes that that skills around that I'm developing around tracking um, uh, from the Hakomi space around body language and um, words and, you know, all sorts of different things, but then putting attention there, gently putting attention there and being able to then kind of um, prioritize that moment and and see that there might actually be lots of beautiful information that come from there. Because what comes from that moment might be deep beliefs around the, the health profession, deep beliefs around patient expectations, you know, core beliefs around, I don't, I don't know this and that has guilt or shame attached to it. You know, that moment of discomfort has so much potential wisdom to it mm. that could then feed into where we end up going or mm. do you know what I mean? So I, I can't say yet because it emerges organically, but those are like choice points for me. If you want to come back to like an act language is recognizing that there's a point and then we have a choice and I want to provide consent and collaboration and that becomes a collaborative moment. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think, and I'm, I'm again, I'm sort of trying to, I'm kind of trying to figure out a way to conceptualize it hmm. that can be can be helpful for people because I think there's there's so much there, and I'm thinking it's it's really recognizing that you're dealing with another person, mm -hmm. and that other person is going to be unlike anyone else that you see. Mm -hmm. There might be similarities. That mm -hmm. might help guide how you think and expect they might react or might feel. But there, there is, they're, they're different. And if we're trying to follow this sort of procedure and framework and trying to reach a predetermined outcome, we're going to run into, and I think also, you know, it may be that we can hold a predetermined outcome, mm -hmm. but it might also be time frame that we yes. have to reach it in a certain point. And so I'm thinking, it's, yeah, it's it's almost like, in a way that we become process-based yeah. rather than we become plan-based. And the process can be, you know, okay, you know, we come in, we sit down and or some of the things that I teach people is I say, we, okay, we come in, we're sitting down in the room. What's the first thing you do when you're in, in, in that moment is you put so all your focus and attention on that person. And your mm -hmm. entire goal at that point is not to think, it's just to listen mm -hmm. and to actively listen and that's it until that person, you know, reaches that point where they feel like they've, they've talked you, you know, they've reached that lull where it's yeah. like, okay, they've said everything they need to say. Mm. And then you've got a point and then part of that process, and then you've got a point to reflect. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a point to ask some questions, clarify. Then you've got a point to set expectations or, or, or set expectations of what, the, what you're going to do between you and the other person, that session. And then you go, great. So then you start to act on that. And it's, it's interesting because then that sits really nicely because if we're thinking about how someone reacts, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're going in a slightly different direction. If you've got a process that then sort of builds in those, those check-ins, you, you, you never really sort of completely veer off course 
because you're checking in and then your expectations change as well. Well, you're getting, you're gathering more data and mm. which is, might be challenging your assumptions, which might be challenging your predetermined, you know, holding loosely outcome. But it's this gathering data as we go and being able to be agile and be flexible and kind of go, oh, that's actually really interesting new data. That's actually going to change X, Y, Z. That's okay. You know, um, and, and, and I think being able to, you know, kind of acknowledge that what the patient's sharing or what comes up is actually really valuable. Mm. And sometimes I narrate it out, out, out in, you know, out, what's the word? Out loud. Mm. I was like outside. Um, but sometimes I narrate it outside sometimes and I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting. That actually, you know, might shape how we, how we next chat about your exercises or about pain. Like I'll sometimes narrate them around that corner mm. just to give them a sense of like, huh, I hadn't thought about that. Like, and I can be flexible like that. And you know, I think that's really nice modeling as well to kind of show how they can be flexible. And I hadn't thought about that. So I think there's that, it's kind of that following leading dancing we were talking about um, last year, but in a really nuanced way, that's kind of always looking for those little moments where we can um, kind of, I, I think about going around corners or taking little, little mm. U-turns. I'm making a... When you, when you say narration... Mind. It's interesting because really what you're doing is you're just making the implicit explicit. Yeah. And the other thing is that there's a remarkable amount of similarity between that and reflective listening. Yeah. Where you're taking someone and you're sort of summarizing it and you're serving it back to them. And it's interesting because <laughs> what we know from healthcare, from psychology, like even like, like FBI negotiation tactics <laughs> is that that is, that is, there's an inherent need for us to explain and to be understood. And when we provide that opportunity and that reflection back, we say nothing, we, we give nothing of our, of ourselves or our own, um, we, but we I don't think that's the key. It. But I think that's the key is that mm. we don't, you know, this is happening in our brainstem or like it's the neurology of it is that we're not reacting to it. Mm. And I love the phrase, like I did it just before with my last client, like, so if I've got this right. Yeah. And and then I say the same, you know, I might have changed two words, but, you know, they're waiting for me to get it right. And then they've got an opportunity to go, no, you haven't got it right. Or, mm. yep, you've got it. And it's that felt sense of they've got me that we know from the the, the neurobiology, you know, research is that that, you know, builds that presence and trust and sense of like understanding, heard, mm. you know, um, and it's a really lovely phrase just to say, so if I've got this right. The, the beauty of, of the reflective listening and it sort of leads into that narration point is that you're, you're trying, you're essentially trying to summarize in a way. And in the sort of the summarize, you're trying to pull out the key point of what they're saying. And they might talk for two to three minutes to explain the situation. Mm -hmm. Then you're providing that sort of key point through of like, well, it sounds like you're struggling with X. It sounds like you're struggling to move past a certain point that mm -hmm. you can exercise up to here. And then that, and then something always keeps getting in the way. Mm. And it's like, oh, and then they can well, agree and, you... and disagree. Exactly. And I think the, the really beautiful point is if you've built the trust, they'll go either, yes, that's it. And you'll see that they, that is true to them or they'll go, no, that's not. Whereas I think if you haven't built the trust, they might just go, yeah, you've got it. And they, we haven't got it. I, I, I would say, I would say actually doing that builds trust. Yeah. Cause like, but I think, yeah, yeah. definitely. But I think you could still, I still think in, the, in the, the building of trust, you could track someone. Like if someone goes, yeah, like that's to me, that's not, I've got it. I'm like, oh, no, there's something there that's not right. And then there's the narration component or the reflective listening component or however you want to frame it of, yeah. oh, it doesn't sound like that's really landed, landed with you. And it's that interest in what's happening and that, that process. And then that, that brings something up. Mm. So, yeah, I, 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 but I, I like this a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think again to kind of situate it, this sounds like so much at the moment in like a thirty minute consult, but I suppose the point we're coming to is 
that noticing and tracking and, and valuing those points that can be reflective and 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 choice point and check in um and and modeling that to the patient that that we actually value that mm. because it's in a way it slows us all down doesn't it yeah yeah i mean everyone says this oh it takes time i've never found it does well ideally it's more not efficient because that's again a like a <laughs> but it but it 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 cuts through doesn't it mm. that's that's how i would sense it is you're getting more to the point well exactly and you're going to be more more productive someone's potentially going to trust you more like the amount of times i always i always think about the amount of times that we you know we i've had patients where we dance around things and we go you need this and we just keep pushing 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 and they're like yeah but i don't see why we need to and they'll keep going along and then they'll come back another time or that you get to the end of the consult and they're like well actually i think we should be doing x or they're not happy and it all just kind of spirals out of control and you it's it's sort of almost like you're feeling productive by just moving on to the next step moving on to the next step mm-hmm. but i always find like the start of a consult if i just listen until they stop you look at your watch now, admittedly, I do have one hour new consults, but at the same time, I'm consistently surprised by mm. how little time has passed when I've just not interrupted, just let them speak. They've gotten it all out uh, and you're just like, okay, great. And then they're really open to chatting more. Now, that, now you sometimes you do get people that if you give them the leeway, you give them the rope, they'll hang themselves. You let them keep talking, they'll keep talking. <laughs> Mm. But the vast majority I find, and with all of this, you know, with the the reflective listening, with narrating it, it, yeah, you're right. It does get to the point. It's bringing out that, that explicit stuff, bringing out stuff explicitly mm. so we can deal with it. And then, well, and I find it, it heaps, it heaps more productive where it adds more time though, I think is in that very short term where you are feeling nervous and you're you're just giving mm. it a crack but it yep. goes back to that point of of what you were sort of saying where it's like well you're by bringing all of this up and saying this to 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 someone they're going to respond positively or negatively well or mm. really or they're going to agree or a better way to put it is agree or disagree and you were saying as that that brings up so much more information that, that you can use. So giving it a crack and them sort of it not going well, quote unquote, or not mm-hmm. being, you know, because it's not comfortable. All, it's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is a great way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you get information. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. And I think, you know, our discomfort is, again, something that... We don't spend much time exploring. Um, I think there's a lot of juice in that as well. Um, I'm aware of the time, so I'm like saying um, so that I don't start a whole other <laughs> discussion that goes for like I was gonna 60 link this, minutes. <laughs> I was going to link this back to the start, right? Because you, if we yeah. think about where we came at the start of this podcast, hmm. And where we are now, yeah, we created a whole lot of scaffolding mm-hmm. around, and this is again not blame. It might not blame mm. or saying saying anything, but there's a lot of discomfort, and we created the scaffolding around you you not wanting to to be speak or the confidence around speaking. We created mm. a lot of that scaffolding, and we haven't talked about this at all, but the scaffolding was there also because of my desire to achieve a specific outcome. Mm-hmm. So it was really a match. But if we if we would just to put the spotlight on you unfairly. Um, <laughs> make me uncomfortable. Make, but that was the point, right, is that we yeah. realized we were creating this whole system, scaffolding and and other things to try and deal with what was essentially one thing where we had to, where we were trying to deal with that discomfort in a way without making you uncomfortable when really actually the better process was to deal with the discomfort, Mm. but finding a way rather than building a big scaffolding, it was just finding a way that we could take those steps. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the key here as well is that we haven't, all of the discussions we've had off the podcast, people haven't been privy to, which Mm. is me sharing my discomfort, you listening to it, you know, not trying to solution 
solutionize it. That's a new word. Um, but, you know, just understanding that it was happening. Mm. And every time I showed up to another podcast, I would have a go and sit in discomfort and then I would share what went well, share what was tricky, and then eventually get to a point where those scaffoldy things were no longer serving my growth. Mm. Um, so again, we reflected after every podcast, you know, we shared how we felt. Like these are the things that are not happening on the podcast because ironically we were having a predetermined shiny mm. nice little podcast box for people in a, in a way for people maybe going on a similar journey through the clinic there was those processes all that scaffolding was really helpful up to a point mm -hmm. but it was yeah. kind of masking underneath and at one point we just had to realize we just had to throw it away yeah and that was a really cool moment wasn't it like that that one we did where we just went that felt really icky well felt yeah icky for me. i thought i thought you meant when we discovered that we should we should have uh, just been chatting and recording our chats and i'm like oh. and no that for me that was a moment of well duh um <laughs> <laughs> but that was i mean it's uh, again for, for people sort of approaching really anything that is new that's challenging like in clinical practice that can be the same process, right? Where it, where it does seem simple, it does seem easy, it does seem like, oh, you just do this. But then when you start to get it, you create something, you create a, a behemoth of stuff that you think you need. And then sometimes it's then having to cast it away. And that casting away can be... Well, that's the next step, right? Mm. The next step is actually the taking away of some support or creating a bit more agency or... You know, it, it's again tapping back into what's needed here right now, which I think is again from a coming back to a clinical point of view. I think we can do that with people as we can assume we're on a track or assume we're headed somewhere without perhaps going, oh, what's actually needed today? Mm. Um, and that might be that predetermined pathway again. It's yeah. I mean, you can you can start walking on on a path, a predetermined path through a park. But you're also looking at your compass and you know the rough direction you need to head in and you know when that path's going to start taking you off. So there are paths that can be helpful and useful and not. You might rejoin another path somewhere else. Hmm. It's all part of the journey. There's also nice trees in the park and, mm. you know, birds, and butterflies and other people and <laughs> water fountains. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. I think that what, what you get, what you've sort of kept pointing out is it was the reflection. How is that feeling? How is that going? Is this, is this feeling good? Is we getting to where, where we want, where we're feeling more comfortable? Are we getting progress? Hmm. That's something that we could leave people with. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what's come up for me today about this chat, if I sit here right now is the level of comfort in my body, my whole body. Um, around having the exploration and just not, not having it go anywhere in particular. And if I think about the ones we've had before where I've been quite tight in my body and holding and probably not breathing as much. So I think for me, the, the impact of being able to just see where we go um, has created an openness and a softening and a, um, some more comfort. Mm even though I find there's still an element of discomfort to this. But do you know what I mean? No. That, but, that, but that I feel like that's normal. Hmm. Um, so that's what, what's, what's kind of popped for you today or, or really resonated. I think it's just how on topic we can be and helpful we can be. Just okay. asking, just, just talking and following and following threads. and Because mm -hmm. I think there's, like, the, there's a lot of time... You know, we, if we compare ourselves to psychologically informed or psychological professions, psychotherapy, mm. psychology is so much of what they do and how they, they sort of case formulate and bring things out is just being like, what's coming up for you guys? Like, what are you noticing? What's happening? Um, mm. And taking this whole session from, from that, mm. whereas we're a, we're a profession that we're in professions that are like, no, you have to follow a pathway or a process or this. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, 
actually, does that always help? That we always have to have to notice where if someone comes in, how weird would it be to go, so how, what have you noticed in, in your ankle? Oh, I'm noticing that I'm actually feeling a lot more stable, but I'm not feeling as like when I'm playing sport, I'm as powerful. Great. How, you know, it's such an interesting way to start a session because then immediately that still has, well, actually they're feeling that what we're doing is helping their stability and they're feeling more comfortable. They might be ready to push. Mm. We don't start sessions like that and we don't think about sessions like that. We're, we're on this track of, are they meeting this, this yep. outcome measure? So by being able to kind of um, zoom out, turn around a little bit of a different way, see things from a bit of a different view and still interact holding still our principles of biopsychosocial care, if you like, but that feels quite valuable to you. Mm. Have I got that right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm thinking, I'm thinking as well that, that we can achieve our outcomes and do and tick all the boxes and, and, and deliver care that still looks really similar but mm-hmm. with a completely different approach mm-hmm. by focusing on something different and maybe it achieves our outcomes better because if we're thinking about how is someone feeling, how are we going to get them moving more, how are we going to get them comfortable, being able to explore their current experiences with their body and and building out from from there rather mm. than a zoomed in focus to begin with. We just start from a different angle, which is from the out to the in rather than the in to the out. Yeah, we're seeing them as whole people rather than fragmented body parts. Mm. And whether there's enough, there's a lot of knowledge and that comes from that mm. as, as, a, as, as a starting point because they'll mention different things rather than if we start our sessions. So have you done your exercises? Yeah, which is awful. Yeah. How does that feel as a place to kind of pause for today? Uh, as a place uh, where we're noticing it's, uh, well, we had a bit of a fluff at the start, but we're still well over the 55 minute mark. We had a good fluff. <laughs> I had to move into a new cupboard and create some comfort in my discomfort. <laughs> no, that was when we weren't recording. Oh, oh the other fluff. <laughs> I mean, the other fluff where I try to remember how we actually started the podcast. I think that should totally be part of the promo, should be our fluff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should lead with the fluff. I'm thinking, what, what, what are the, I'm just trying to think of what are the things that we've discussed. Don't well, but maybe out. this is part of our growth is that we don't have to, we've both done a reflection on what landed for us today. I wonder if we need to take the next step and put it into more words or if we could just leave it for the listener to decide what resonates with them. That's a good one and gives me less work. Exactly. Because <laughs> I noticed that you got into a little bit of a, oh, what do we have to do next? What, what do we summarise? Exactly. Yeah, I reckon we pause. We just and hard, I'd love hard, to hear... Hard stop there. Not a hard stop. I just would yeah. really like um, if people want to uh, share what resonates with them, that would be amazing. Hmm. But I think it's another piece around like being able to maybe not force again like a um, what we think is important. Hmm. Rather let it, let it sit with them and they can decide what is important for them. Hmm. There is something we can force, though. We Marketing. Force. People follow our follow us Instagram. <laughs> what well, a we beautiful segue. <laughs> well, we haven't posted in <laughs> in six months. Six months. <laughs> no, no. If you do want to follow us and our journey and our exploration as we figure out what we're actually going to do with with those spaces as well, if you want to interact with us and let us know, yeah, what resonated and. I think that that's been really helpful in shaping is the people that have reached out and said, this is what's resonated and that's mm, what's resonated. That definitely. was, that was a big part of realizing actually people aren't saying the bits that we're scaffolding mm. <laughs> that, that those aren't the bits that are, that are uh, resonating with people. 
But yes, we, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Real Clinicians, Real Chats. Uh, you can follow me uh, personally. Uh, I'm the Rehab Podiatrist. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, I'm on them all. How do people follow you, Kit? Well, I was just also going to say you've got a shiny new website, which <laughs> you'd love people to check out because you put a lot of work into it. Um, where am I? I'm wisephysiotherapy.com.au. I dabble in Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I am continually refusing TikTok. Um, but yeah, check out my website. I think that's a good place to have a little look. Well, perfect. Thanks everyone to, for, for people who've con- gone through our chat and reached this point. Thank you for listening and we'll be, be back very soon. No more six-month hiatus. Bye-bye. Thank you.